Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you, it's story time with Buster. And here we are in Whitestone. We're fixing to jump into chapter 13. But remember where we were at the end of 12, so we can kind of set the stage. We have Pastor Wickham, who is talking to one of his uh, general supporters, someone who gives a lot of money, who's come up with an idea that they want to present uh, our character train with a check. And they feel like that's going to be a really good idea. So we're going to jump into this, chapter 13 of A White Stone. As always, we will start from our Father's heart. Do not despair or lose heart when I am taking you through a hard time. Do not despise or turn away from me, but rather run to me with open arms. Run into my open arms and know that I will hold you close to me. In such times as these... Do know my purpose for you and my plans for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Just learn to trust in me, depend on me, rest in me, and know that I am in control of every situation of your life. There is nothing that happens in your life that I don't know about first. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 through 31. Put your trust fully in me and not in the things of this world. Draw close to me. Spend time with me. Get to really know me. Chapter 13, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 through 24 says, So if, when you are offering your gift at the altar, you there remember that your brother has any grievance against you, leave your gift at the altar and go. First, make peace with your brother, and then come back and present your gift. Mama, don't don't you worry. It's going to be okay, Joe said lovingly to his bride for 46 years. God, he always take good care of his kids. He never not be here or there before, right? He going to help us now. You just watch. He going to do something really special, like in the movies, only we going to be the stars. You and me, Mama, we're going to be the stars in God's movie. You keep you keep a-praying, I keep a-praying, and God, he keep a-being God, okay? With those words, Joe tenderly kissed his lovely Maria on the cheek, observed only by the silent, invisible warrior that had overseen the incidentals needed to accomplish the answering of the prayers for this two greatly loved charges. For sixty-seven years without fail, this guardian angel had done his master's bidding on behalf of Joe and Grelly and his wife. For many years, Joe and Maria were comfortably known as Papa and Mama Joe, prayed and, and gave and served and lived all in the name of their beloved Savior. They received a meager but adequate income from their small corner store. In their worldly poverty and trials, they became rich in their Lord and the Redeemer. Their store was less than the, a means of income for them, and more a way that they could contribute to the needs of those they knew. Often, the out-of-work neighbor was able to provide food for his family, even though he had no money. Some would take it upon themselves to repay such generosity, but more often than not, Papa and Mama never saw the money. There were those few who would take advantage, but most honestly would never have enough to be able to repay. To the loving couple, the debt became non-existent, even a welcome opportunity to give a gift unto their Lord. For over 45 years, they gave as they saw need. The neighborhood was much more than customers. It meant good friends, warm times, 
and giving and sharing opportunities. Within the recent years, however, things had changed around them. The neighborhood had become rough. Friends moved away to safer, more comfortable areas. Others took their business to the more modern, better-stocked supermarket on Elm Street. The most grievous of all the changes around them was the deterioration of the values they themselves held as most important, especially in the young. All too often, they had to watch helplessly as boys and girls they knew as smiling, happy youngsters became poisoned and hardened by the street. Some of those that they had helped as children, later as teens, returned to rob them and vandalize their store. As Papa and Mama Joe got older, it was all they could do to make ends meet. Still, they held on to their deep love for each other, their neighbors, and their God. They represented the Lord as they knew how He would desire. They forgave those who stole from them, prayed for those who spitefully used them, and blessed those who laughed at them in their weakness. Now, in their twilight years, with failing health and weakening bodies, the mounting medical bills for Maria tested them both. Mutual love for each other and their combined love for the Lord were their only hope. It sustained them and allowed them to completely, or to complete each day with the knowledge that He would provide for tomorrow. He had before, He would again. They had no other source. Are we just going to walk in on them, tell them that we're the ones that took it and then leave, Tom asked, betraying his nervousness. I don't know, Steely said. I, I just go, what happens, happens. I should have guessed what happens, happens, Tom thought. As the tiny bell that had for so many years announced the arrival of everyone who opened the door once again beckoned Papa or Mama from the endless task of the trio stepped into a bygone era of sights, smells, and simple pleasures. Tom was overwhelmed. In the time it took for Papa's greeting from somewhere behind one of the four rows of sparsely stocked shelves to come to them, it was all Tom could do to hold his boyish delight. My dad used to tell me about going to places like this when he was a boy, he whispered to Mick, who was reading a faded poster thumbtacked to the wall. Incredible, Tom found himself saying several times as he visually explored the small quaint surroundings. Glass bulk candy jars, wooden bins, concrete crocks, and the ancient barrels that held everything from peanuts to pickles, a thin ladder that rolled along the wall of shelves behind the counter that held the most beautiful brass filigreed cash register Tom had ever seen. It all enthralled him. It brought to life all of his dad's reminiscing bedtime tales. Tom smiled to himself as he turned to look out the front window, almost expecting to see a hitching rail and horses. Instead, he found only the drab street, momentarily bringing him back to reality. Seeing Papa Joe took Tom back to his sentimental journey. A small man looking very much like Geppetto of the fairy tale Pinocchio. Papa emerged from his task of scrubbing the wooden plank floor in the rear of the store, stiff from kneeling and walking somewhat bent over at first. He wiped his hands on his freshly starched white grocer's apron. He greeted his waiting guests. Can I help you? He said. Perfect, Tom thought as he saw and heard the white-haired man with his thick Italian accent. Just like in the movies, he marveled, almost feeling the elderly man somewhat overacted his Italian grocer role. You boys needing something? Papa Joe continued warmly, walking to his position behind the register. Tom noticed the well-worn curtains that probably covered the entrance to the couple's living quarters. They moved aside just enough to reveal a small, silver-haired woman, warily observing the situation. I know you boys, Papa spoke, looking over the top of his square wire-rimmed glasses that grasped the very end of his nose. 
Ain't you guys the ones? He started again and then hesitated. A remembrance showed visibly on his reddening face. Oh, boys, we got nothing left, he said pathetically, now fully recognizing his former assailants. How many times you got to come here before you quit? Please don't do this today, he contended, as he helplessly opened the cash register in full surrender, ready to withdraw its meager contents. No, no, Mick cried urgently. Papa Joe, you got it all wrong. We didn't come here to rip you off. Look, into our eyes. See, we're different. We're like you now. We come to give, see? Mick looked at Steely, who pulled the folded money from his pocket and held it in front for all to see. Papa Joe stood immobilized. Finally, Mick walked over and he took the money from Steely, placing it in Papa Joe's hands. For several moments, no one said a word. The trio just stood there, grinning like like school kids. Papa looked at the money in his hands and then at the trio, meeting each man's eyes in wonder, and then back at the money. And then he looked at the men again, who by this time were uncomfortably happy. Mama, he began quietly, almost to himself. He turned to his left, money laying in his open, outstretched hands, and again, this time with more volume, exclaimed, Mama! All looked in the direction of the emerging woman with hands clasped over her mouth and tears of joy streaming down her cheeks. Tom looked at Mick and Steely, who were teary-eyed and shifting from one foot to another like a couple of schoolboys who had just given an apple to their favorite teacher. Mama, look, Papa said softly as he presented his gift to his precious wife. Look, Mama, he said again in wonder as he gently put her hands under his eyes, wide with joy. Bless the Lord, Mama said quietly, and bless you, she continued looking into the eyes of the three men. Why do you boys do this, Mama queried, wiping the tears from her eyes as she moved to the front of the counter so she could hear better. Tom looked at her well-worn but neatly pressed house dress and pocketed apron. Her, her attire truly completed the overall picture painted before his eyes. What he hadn't noticed before was the badly swollen leg and ankle that looked very painful. As she walked to the men, she leaned heavily on the counter to steady herself. The couple stood quietly and in awe as Mick and Steely explained the events leading to the presentation of their gift. Tom could only wonder why God does things the way he does. Did God allow these good people, people that most of this world would consider foolish failures in life, to suffer and lack all these years, just so this moment could happen? Why was he now privileged to be a participant in this moment? Where was it all leading? His mind soaked up all that was happening and at the same time raced with wonder and questions. Mama reached up, and each man bent obediently to receive a warm kiss on the cheek and a loving embrace as she hugged Mick and Steely. Tom was anxiously preparing himself to accept his share. When his time came, he tenderly received. Tom's own mother never hugged him, so this gesture was very special to him. Papa, who was still somewhat dazed by the whole event, tearfully, without a word, held the hand of each man for a moment, and simply patted each one's chest affectionately, gently signifying his grateful acceptance. Before they left, Mama, who had slipped into the back room while Papa was thanking everyone, came out with arms loaded with goodies. To each man, she presented her gifts of thanks. Mick received a tray of warm homemade oozing with caramel and cinnamon nut bakery. Steely received one of the largest garlic summer sausages he had ever seen. Tom was presented with the warm, fresh rolls. They could have received more from that grateful couple who kept offering, but they knew they shouldn't. Boy, that was fun, Tom giggled, holding his jaw with his free hand and moving it from side to side. My cheeks hurt from smiling for so long, he continued. 
The others nodded in agreement. Their expressions as they performed facial gymnastics must have been quite a sight for, to passerbys. The trio continued to walk silently for a few blocks, booty in hand, grinning and reflecting on the joy that just happened. Then, almost in unison, they stopped and looked at each other, at their gifts, and then back at each other. Let's eat, they said together, hurriedly moving over to the steps of the building nearest them. If only we had a... Tom started to say as Mick whipped out a shiny switchblade from his back pocket and opened it in one fluid motion with a pronounced click. Tom couldn't take his eyes from the knife as memories of the first meeting under the street lamp flooded his mind. You say something, preacher man, Mick said nonchalantly as he cut a large piece of sausage and placed it in the roll. Steely had broken open with his fingers. Nope, just remembering, Tom said. Receiving the sandwich from Steely, just remembering, he said again as he perched on the first step. As the men sat and ate and spoke joyously, Tom marveled to himself at what this day had already held for him. Could it get any better, he thought to himself. Could I feel more alive than this, he mused, trying to remember if he had ever felt this good before. As they finished their food and were still licking the gooey caramel from their fingers, the men headed back to Train's place. Tom walked a little behind Mick and Steely, who were playfully rubbing their fingers in each other's shirts, Tom was not a part of their playfulness, and it gave him time once more to try and sort out all that he was happening. Almost unbelievable, somewhat unreal, he thought, as he looked a little more closely at his companions. Do these guys know something about living for Jesus that I don't? I, I really want to find out. Lord, help me. You coming, preacher man? Steely quipped, turn turning to Tom, who had fallen several steps behind. Would hate to have you too far behind us in this dangerous neighborhood, he continued. Yeah, you got the rolls, Mick laughed, and we might need another sandwich. All these, all three enjoyed the rest of the walk, laughing, joking, and praising their God. Thank you for everything, Lord, Tom said quietly to yourself, to himself. Thank you for today. What an incredible story. What a, what a powerful message that's being spoken here of, of redemption, of, of uh, surrender, of of complete, um, uh, complete surrender to the Lord, in even in repentance, and in, in in the repentance of giving back what they what what Mick and Steely had taken from this couple, as we hear the story of Mama and Papa Joe, and what a passionate thing that, that to be able to witness the joy of the Lord being shared with this couple. I know there's more to come. We'll see some more about them as the the the, the story opens even further. Thank you for following along. I pray that you're you're really truly grasping what this white stone stands for. Uh, what a, what an incredible story! And there's there's so much more to go. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for following along our podcast. Thank you for your financial support, your prayer support. Uh, please continue to to pray over us. Pray with us. Rhonda and I are praying for you. We, we pray over this listener base that God does miraculous things in your lives and the lives of those that you encounter and those you touch. Amen. Once again, God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.